Hello, I'm Sylvia Lécuyer and my guest is Sébastien Dossé, director of Ensemble Correspondance. Welcome to Vancouver, Sébastien Gosset. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you very much. Sébastien, you created that ensemble correspondance already 13 years ago. You were still at the Conservatoire in Lyon at the time. Yeah, exactly. It, uh, at the very beginning, it was a student project. And uh, at the very end of our studies, we were all missing French music. It was very strange because we were studying in France, but we were playing Italian and German music, uh, but not so often French music. So we decided to, to form a group together and try to work with guests, uh, sessions together. And yeah, the, the ensemble started like that. So the ensemble is quite large and all the instruments are the instruments that were played in that area. So 17th, 18th, 16th century, maybe uh, Europe. Describe us your ensemble. The, the ensemble changed uh, depending on the, the music we are playing. So for the, the concert we'll play in Vancouver, it will be like a, a little team of musicians that could have worked very close to the king, Louis XIII. For instance, the, the, the music of the king was organized in three groups, one for the chapel, one for outside music, and one for inside the palace. And the music, this uh, last group is called La Chambre du Roi. And what you will hear in Vancouver is uh, an ensemble that was very close to this kind of ensemble at this time. So some singers, women and men, uh, some vials from the tenor to the bass uh, of viol, uh, flute, and two violins. The violins were not so often in the Chambre du Roi because at this time it was more an instrument for dancing. So it was not so uh, noble uh, than the viol, but for, for this time we have also these two violins to be able to play and the music of the chamber and the music of dances of ballet de cour. Because they understand that at the time, even the violin was considered almost vulgar, no? Yeah, it was because it was an instrument for the countryside. Um, when you, you go in a village uh, in the Berry or in every province in France at the, in the 17th century, probably there was no other instrument than this one. So it was probably played by uh, yeah, simple people who learned that this instrument from their father and just there were the family uh, able to, to make everyone dance for the marriages, for the, the, the fests. So yeah, it was an instrument in the countryside. Then it was also an instrument uh, to make people dance in the, in the city. Uh, then for the ballet, then for the ballet de cour. So the violin gets uh, step by step to the court uh, until Lully. And when Lully takes this instrument as an Italian player, he makes it uh, more noble and uh, at the head of the orchestra. So Sébastien, what you do is you do conduct uh, and play at the same time the harpsichord or the organ. I think here it's a harpsichord. Uh, this is your usual practice. And we've seen Alexander Weiman doing that here. So is that the way it's going to happen? It depends each time on the, on the repertoire we are playing. For instance, tomorrow we'll play Grand Motet by Lalande and we are 60 musicians. So we need someone to conduct and to give everyone um, uh, a, a sort of unique tactus. Uh, but for the program we will play in Vancouver, we are this very little team of 15 musicians and each one is so great 
uh, I think it's ex exactly at the same was at this time. So when you have uh, Louis Couperin uh, on the harpsichord, uh, when you have uh, this uh, Mara Mare playing the, the gamba, and uh, all these people, I don't, I don't say we are Louis Couperin, Mara Mare, but uh, just telling when you have so beautiful musicians playing together, you, you just have to breathe and just to have a, an eye on your friends, but it's, it's enough. You don't need to conduct anything. Uh, it's just to share the music together. So let's talk a little bit about the music and the composers. You have a full program um, and the names of the composers were very well known by the contemporaries. First thing that struck me is that they only were playing music of living composers around them. They were not doing what we're doing now, <laughs> like playing music from the past. Exactly. Yeah. The main practice of music was just enjoying new music and living with the music of your time and uh, discovering an invention of someone you met the day before. So the composers of this time had a full uh, recognition of the people of their time. But as we changed, we always changed at this time, 20 years after, maybe this one had been forgotten. And that's okay. It, it was the idea of this time just not to, to keep music, not uh, to make it like a museum. It was just the idea of, yeah, enjoying new things. But at the same time, uh, I think in the 17th century was the very beginning of uh, people interested in the music played before them. For instance, Philidor, who was the main librarian of Louis XIV, was, who was also a musician and composer himself, but also coming from a, a musician family. He was very curious of the music before him, uh, the music, of course, of his own ancestors, but also he was interested in, in, in the great ceremonies of the reign before. Uh, so he was working for Louis XIV, but uh, he had a, a special book in which he tried to collect music from the time of uh, Henry IV, of Louis XIII. So yeah, it, it was the beginning of collecting, uh, interesting in early music, but yeah, it was, it was a new phenomenon starting at this time. So we are at, at, at a certain moment, very interesting for that. Absolutely. And Philidor, I heard that he was a fantastic chess master, is it too? He was. He was uh, <laughs> terrific. He, he, he won every competition at this time. So, you know, he wrote a, a treatise on this subject. Are you personally interested in chess? I, I, I ask the question because I know that you like to do research and you like also, like Philidor, uh, going in the past and trying to construct, reconstruct the program and the activities. It took you three years to put together the music for the Ballet uh, du Roi. So part of your work is done not on the concert hall. Yeah, I think the, the main part is before. And that's what is very interesting, of course, because first you have to accept to lose your time. For instance, I've worked for, I don't know, eight months on the beginning of Symphony and Anthem in London in the, in the middle of the 17th century. I've transcribed, I don't know, 20 Symphony Anthems uh, of very unknown composers. I was so happy to have discovered this special manuscript in Birmingham. Uh, I spent a lot of night to transcribe everything, but the result is not good. It, no. it was it was for nothing. Okay, so when you do, when you did this research project, you have to first to admit maybe it will be for no result. But uh, of course, you want to find things. You want to yeah to reconstruct. So yeah, I think the the most interested project uh, we have done until now 
uh, are um, the result of three, four, sometimes five years of or research or rewriting in the style of. Uh, so that's, yeah, of course, that's a very interesting part of, the, of, of my job. And creative too, because what you find is not like we find a score today of a piece of music with all the instruments defined. In a way, it's abstract in the sense that you have the idea of the music, but you have to decide how many viols you will have and who will do the continuo and which instruments, no? Yeah, the thing is, uh, you don't have uh, separated jobs. You, you don't have the, the musicologist, then the, the guy who made the edition, then the musician, then no. The joy of doing everything is when you are on research at the very beginning, you already think uh, on what could this uh, music be in a project. When you are, uh, for instance, reconstructing uh, the inner parts of a ballet de cours, the way you are writing, of course, it will depend on very uh, rational aspects because you want to, to write in the perfect style of a composer of this time, of course, but the way you will write, of course, depends on the way you think the music. First of all, if you think this music is very quick, you will write very simply. Uh, if you want to make it very intense, uh, you will try to have the, the most interesting counterpoint inside. So the way you do this research of these scientific uh, issues at, at the very beginning of the project are already interpretation. So th that's also uh, a very, very interesting thing when you arrive in front of your musicians with a new project, you are able to explain the whole thing. And that's also a way of getting them involved in your project. But also you can explain your choices. For instance, uh, when you play a piece by Lully, you can say, oh, my tempo would be ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. A musician can say, oh, yeah, it would be great to have it more slowly. Uh, so if you, you explain, I was thinking that, but at this moment, I've chosen to write in this way. It's a way of getting everyone involved in your, in your vision. So that group, Correspondence, that was created in 2009, uh, has been more or less the same core of people for all those years. So you have an extraordinary collaboration. Yeah, of course, every time you, you start something in this kind of project, you, you want everyone to be with you all, for all your life. So it's a, a big part of the job. The human resources, is, do we say like that? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think it's something like one third of my time, just taking care of everyone, just choosing people, keeping uh, the, the people we have now and make them evolve. And uh, you know, that, that takes a big time, uh, but I, I like that. And I'm very happy to have people who were at the very beginning still now with us. Uh, but also it's good to have sometimes new people just to, to make them appreciate more. Yeah, it's a, it's a recipe, very, a very delicate recipe. And on top of it, you pack it out in and then you go travel. I mean, the, your group has been performing in Japan, in US, in China, in Colombia, and, and everywhere in Europe too. Uh, so that's a, a lot of strategy and a lot of organization of resources. I mean, do, are you, do you have a big administrative team? No, I think, uh, no, we are six. It's very new because I think for more than six years, I was alone 
to do all these things because at the beginning you don't have any euro to make all this work but at this moment you are testing your real strengths if you have done that i think you really wanted to do this kind of project so i, I think i have the chance today to have these six people uh six women to work with me and they are so efficient i think for for instance this um american tour it's enormous for us to deal this this kind of project so yeah i i couldn't do that alone of course so i'm very grateful because yeah the musicians are very involved in the group but also have a yeah a great team to 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 work with, with me and yeah I, i i couldn't do anything without them and you travel with big cumbersome instrument you know lutes and archilukes and big violas and harpsichords and um, i mean the logistics are must be quite something yeah but the thing is i think we we have always to do the best thing as possible so of course when you go in a usual big concert hall you go to the philharmonie de paris the philharmonie de berlin etc it's normal you want to have the the best singers the best instruments but i think every concert you play you sing uh, has to be the most beautiful thing as possible so uh, of course when you when you play for children it has to be the same team the same instruments you you must not do a concert for children if it's not the, the same as the philharmonie de berlin but also when you travel uh, when you travel you want to to show uh, what you you can do uh, the best you want to to convince people that this uh, repertoire maybe they don't know yet um, is really beautiful music so you need you need to have beautiful instruments you have to to choose exactly the way of sharing this music the best as possible well our audience at early music vancouver knows that those instruments are also delicate and fragile it takes a long time to tune them to so when you go to different climate and you take the plane and i mean it it is really a big challenge yeah of course these instruments are fragile but also the musicians knows them very well when you have your instruments you know uh, how it reacts uh, when it's too dry uh, uh, too wet so it's their baby so they know it so well than when it's not the best conditions they know uh, how to manage so i would like you now to take us to the louvre because the program you're taking to us in vancouver is called les plaisirs du louvre Uh, I think uh, Louis XIII was 1610 to 1643. Uh, what did you do on the long winter nights or the nice summer nights? Uh, what were the pleasures at the Louvre? Um, first of all, the Louvre is one of the palaces uh, of, the, of the king, but the, the court lives in many places, Fontainebleau, Chambord, Vincennes, uh, Saint-Germain, and the Louvre is the, for, probably the, the, the most important one. It's a very rich musical life because it depends on the, uh, on the moment of the year, uh, on the um, place in which it's played, if it's for the king or for people of the court. So you have many occasions to hear music uh, in this palace. I think uh, we have chosen to, to, to select uh, what was uh, the closest of the king. And we know at this moment, we had a new genre that is born around, uh, at the beginning of the, um, of the 17th century. And it was not born in the Louvre or in, at the court, but it was born in what we call the Salon or the Ruelle. 
that's to say um, the places in Paris, uh, which are noble houses around Place des Vosges, which still exists today. And uh, all these noble houses had an organization of the place, of the architecture, uh, in which at the very core of the house, you had the chamber. The chamber was not to sleep, but you had a bed, like a, a beautiful furniture to show to your very best friends. And this place that many years after we have called Salon, uh, were led by women who invited people just to talk about uh, news in literature, in music, in poetry, uh, in science, and also with a, a large place for, for music. And uh, this genre of air de cour was born at this time because uh, it was a, a normal practice to read poetry, but also to improvise a poetry. And the most refined thing was to improvise it while playing. So you play the lute, you had to improvise a, a poetry in this very precious language in front of your friends. And for the most interesting music uh, or improvisations, they were noted. And year after year, it became air de cour, a special genre that is at the beginning, just one voice and the lute, which was a very noble instrument. And more and more, it's arrived at the court. Then we had uh, polyphonic uh, hairs. So yeah, it, it, it became more and more interesting during all the 17th century. And it became like uh, the closest musical thing, very close to the king. And the king, uh, actually, we know that for Louis XIV, loved to dance. But at the time of Louis XIII, I suppose, there was also dancing. And you said that you bring music, uh, like violins, specifically for that reason. So uh, who was dancing? Uh, we, we will play air de cour and we will play music from ballet de cour. So a ballet de cour is a special genre uh, based on dance, of course, it's a ballet. Uh, but it's, it was not like a ball. A ball was uh, just to make people dance at the court with regular dances that everyone uh, had to know if they were noble people. Uh, a ballet court is something like a, a fancy during all the night uh, with one subject or no subject, with the idea of showing during one night all the invention that a human being had in mind. Uh, in his mind. So, so the Ballet de la Nuit, for instance, tells a story. It's the story of the night uh, from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. And you just tell the story of what all this night brings with her. So the normal things, people uh, closing their shops, um, peasants getting back from countryside. Then all the um, beautiful things at the moment uh, of this night, we had shows, theater, music, arts. Then after midnight, we have the black night without anything because the moon uh, descends on earth to join uh, her lover, Endymion. In this black night, we have all the devils uh, all the, the, the monsters, all these strange creatures, uh, these red devils for a, a Sabbath ceremony. And then at the very end of the night, it's the moment your brain is dreaming, inventing new emotions. So it's more abstract. But all that is the story of the night in this ballet. And at the very, very end of the ballet, the most wonderful light appears. Uh, nobody had seen 
something like that, such a, a splendor. And this light is the young Louis XIV as the sun. So he's dressed as the sun and all the princes of the um, enemy's family are around him dancing at the planets around the sun. So it's just a, a very abstract story, but in this story you have so many costumes, so many colors, so many invention. It's like uh, you attend something exceptional, su uh, supernatural. So at this, at, for, for, I think for the people of the 17th century, it was like opening your mind and discovering such beautiful things because the of course the costumes the uh, scenery everything was uh, designed to be exceptional so uh, yeah the ballet court is a special genre and for this for this genre of course we have music so we have air de cour uh, in this style of air de cour because singers at this time were uh, taking the, the stage for a large receipt in front of the king, but we have also a lot of instrumental music, which is like uh, music for description because each music lasts two minutes. It's like a, a defilé, a defilé mode. You know, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you are um, a planet, if you are a Venus, just uh, showing for two minutes uh, your beautiful costume, uh, dancing. In, in the way that makes everyone understanding who you are, you have two minutes to seduce all the court. And we have a lot of music of this ballet court, which is quite interesting because it's not standard music uh, like a minuet or like a saraband. It's just describing, for instance, in this program for Vancouver, we will play Huntman, a chasseur. Uh, we will play some pieces from the Sabbath. So it's like, uh, I tell you the title, I play you this music and your brain will imagine. Oh. And I, li I like this way of, you know, of considering the music like a, a support to open your, your mind. Great. So we will have something to do. We will listen yeah. to the title and then we'll imagine and we'll transport ourselves. This is super fun. Um, you talked about poetry before. You, there won't be improvisation of poetry there, but of course, but it comes from that too. But I was wondering about the title of your group, Correspondence. There is a, a poetry uh, origin in that title. Tell us where it comes from. Yeah, the, the, this name comes from Baudelaire, but you know it, <laughs> who, who was a great, yeah, great poet in the 19th century. And he had this beautiful poetry named Correspondence, in which he is explaining the, what is a poet, what is poetry, and tells a lot about the, the link between all the arts, between music and perfume, between a color and the touch. So is explaining that the real elevation comes from the, the connection of all the arts together. And to get this elevation for a human being, it starts from the arts to get something above us. It doesn't tell us what, but I think this is a good definition also for a musician. Yeah, and it transcends the cultures too. So you've done, I said, you've done those concerts in, in Asia and the countries of Europe also. Uh, is it your first North American tour? No, we have already been in Boston, uh, in New York, uh, on the East Coast, but it will be the first time that we uh, go through Canada, also going to the West Coast. So it's a very big thing for us. We were just rehearsing there all the, all the day for a, a concert to, um, on Saturday. And yeah, this is the main subject for all of us. We are talking about this tour. So we are so impatient. You can't imagine. 
and we are far from the Louvre uh, of that. I mean, do you have the feeling that people uh, embark with you on this discovery when you travel abroad? Yeah, I think every, every musician likes this music so much. Every time we go abroad, we are so happy to share this music. But not, I think, especially for musicians, 10 years ago, uh, when I talk about fresh music, everyone says, oh, yes, please play that because we don't know anything about that. My idea would be, please play this music. And I think our idea when we go abroad with it is to share it. To just to show this music is such a great pleasure. My great pleasure would be that one year after a concert we have made in uh, Hong Kong, uh, there is a group of students uh, who writes to me and wants to, to, to get the score of this motet of Dumont that we have recorded two years ago. That's great. I want that. And I want to share this music. So I'm, I'm also thinking about a project, but I don't know, maybe in three years, maybe, you know, we are not in Paris. The, the office is now in Paris, but the ensemble is based in Normandy. In Caen. In Caen. Uh, and all around Caen, the, the countryside is just like a cliche of Normandy. It's the beautiful valley, green valley, castles, uh, all these beautiful things to it. So I would like to find a good place in this countryside to try to found an academy uh, for foreign students to give them the, the taste of French Baroque music. So we'll see maybe in two or three years, but I think it could be a good project just to share this, this music. If you agree with to have amateurs going to do that with you, maybe I will dig my Viola de Gamba from the closet <laughs> and eat Camembert in Normandy. You, you, you sent us a beautiful piece of music talking about flowers and I think it's the music from François de Chancy. We're going to leave our audience of early music Vancouver with this pre, not preview, but pre-sound of that concert that you're taking to us. Thank you very much, Sébastien Gosset. Bienvenue chez nous. Thank you very much. Merci beaucoup. On se réjouit beaucoup.